At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. Read my lips. Government is not the solution to our problem. Senator, good morning again in America. Well, look, Big Bird. Yes, we can. Government is the problem. Welcome, everybody, to a liberal and a conservative walk into a bar. My name is Matt, and I'm a liberal. My name is Tim. I'm a conservative. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure and check out our website at libcon.podbean.com or in the iTunes store or in the Google Play store or on the Stitcher. Uh, Tim's book on Amazon. It's called Things I Want, and you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Libcon Matt. Tim is at Libcon Tim. Uh, well, uh, we hope you had a fantastic 4th of July. Uh, I, we, I, I, I had a nice sort of four day weekend. I, I took Monday off and, uh, had like four days to myself at home. It was, it was lovely. Uh, what, what, what did you do? Were there, were there rockets red glare? Oh man, we're so old. Like <laughs> I have, I have, yeah, you have kids. Exactly. I have so much respect now for what our, our parents went through to take us to crap like fireworks at 10 o'clock at night. I was just praying for a thunderstorm. Like, please give me an excuse to not drive out to the Arboretum. <laughs> and of course, it rained all day and then stopped at five o'clock. So, oh, uh, awesome. <laughs> and, and like, Tobias was so excited. Like, I don't know. I think I, and, and I knew it was going to be a letdown, right? Like, you're going to go, there's going to be some shiny sh- stuff in the sky and, the grand finale will be kind of cool, but that's about it. And I mean, that's the way it was, you know, you get there and he's enthralled for the first five minutes and then it, you know, meh. Yeah. And then it gets boring and I don't know, you know what? I, no, I don't know that I ever repetitive. went to, yeah, I don't know that I ever went to a fireworks show that I went, I, I think, I, I think that we did, we went to a fireworks show down at uh, one of the minor league baseball fields that we used to go to. Maybe it was in Little Rock that, uh, that was good because like you were close and you could see everything. You weren't finding, trying to find this one spot and, you know, and uh, inevitably there's like trees or something, you know, cause you, you weren't willing to get out there and camp out for six hours to watch the damn fireworks show. And, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm with you. I've, I've always found fireworks to be a bit of a letdown. Yeah. So, I mean, but you know, it's, Fourth of July, I I don't know. Yeah, it just wasn't wasn't that enthralling. We're pretty busy right now. With we just we just sold our our duplex and bought another duplex, so we've been pretty wrapped up in all of that. And I'm studying to become a licensed financial advisor, so I'm focused on that. And um, Isabel and I are trying to work out like I go do work in the morning and after like until three o'clock, and then her time is after three o'clock on. So, um, yeah. So we're kind of more focused on that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, Oh that's, yeah. That's fair. Fireworks. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I, uh, I, I rearranged my office. Uh, Ooh. And, uh, Did you get uh, rid of your my, weed garden or my, my weed garden. No, so I, I have, know when we were looking, I have, at- <laughs> I have corn, <laughs> That's awesome! And, wow, and that's that's very tall, and it's making it's making actual corn. Like there's, I'm I'm gonna have corn that I made. No, I just remember the last time we were there, you had these like seeds under fluorescent lights in your office, and it was it looked a lot like I would imagine <laughs> like a fledgling weed operation would look like. Like someone who's just starting to experiment with this. Like, could I turn this into a business? 
It was all very democratic of you. Or it was sweet peppers and zucchini, but, you know, <laughs> six of one. Also uh, pretty democratic <laughs> of you, to be honest. Uh, yeah, pot, kettle, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, I, 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 I dig the gardening. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to deny. I, uh, I have, whether it's democratic or not, I couldn't tell you, but I know, I know plenty of good, solid Republican gardeners. That's a very, uh, that's a, that's a very, very country thing to do, I think. Yeah, that's true. Farmers. It makes you feel any better. I was listening to Farmers Chris Stapleton while I was doing it. So Nice. You know, I, I I don't know if that helps, but anyhow. All right. Well, we're, time, I, time I think we talk some politics. So, politics. Uh, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I don't want to, we're getting, we're trying to not focus on the Trump because we don't, you know, we're just tired of it. Yeah. You know, or just at least not in a negative way. Let's focus on it. Sure. But let's talk about the policies that he's initiating. Some of the stuff. So, you know, the, I don't want to get into what happened with Mika and the Twitter. And I think we can all agree that that was revolting and ick and move on. Forget about it. So uh, the first thing that I read this week that it, that I thought was fantastic, and this is the, these are the sort of constant. Although I will say that you know what I I, I was watching uh, I'm, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones right now, you know, because we got the premiere coming up here in you know a week. Oh, and I did it. That's so, exciting. Yeah, it's a week from Sunday, right? So I'm I'm rewatching Game of Thrones and I'm watching Joffrey Baratheon and thinking, my, some of this is familiar. Um, but I, I won't get into that comparison, but there, there's a line in there where uh, Tywin Lannister says that Robert, the king from the first season, didn't understand the difference between winning and ruling. Pretty sure that's the deal with Trump. The, the dude just doesn't get the idea that winning and ruling and, and winning and governing are two completely different things. That just because he, he, he won, this whole part of actually doing the job just sort of slipped past him. I thought it was a very apt comparison. But anyway, maybe not. So uh, I, I read an article that everybody's talking about uh, uh, hammering the Democrats on the bipartisan stuff. And even me, for a little while, had sort of bought into this. There were, uh, on three different occasions, one of which was televised, Obama went in front of a gathering of Republicans to talk about his health care plan. Yeah, how did I miss this? I, I don't know. How did I miss it? I, 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 I don't think know. I was in Ecuador. So I'd just gotten married. You have I an had excuse. a kid. Yeah. I don't know. Something. You're having lots of early marital sex. That's normal. Yeah. But this yeah. was this was amazing. I, I read the article that you gave me. Like that's that's awesome. Uh, how can you imagine Trump doing this? Yeah, right. Uh and, and you know, I mean, we, I, you know, we, we both are a little sickening in the amount that we foam over over uh, former President Obama, and um, I, I like but, to think of it as man crushing, but so man, yeah, but I mean, that's so awesome what he did, <laughs> you know, like that's so yeah. great. Um, and for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, basically, he he did he set up this meeting of of you know House. Uh, Republicans and just general GOP folk on on a couple different occasions and sat there and just fielded questions and just let's do this and uh, did it really well um, and you know the most that anyone could come up against him was that he was like a prickly professor like well 
that's pretty good. You know, if that's, if that's the best you can do is that he was a little too teachy. Well, shit, you know, I mean, talk about a president knowing his stuff and, uh, being ready to go and having a plan, um, which, which is pretty awesome and impressive. Uh, and it does make me, I, I guess, question maybe my, but I feel like this is an accurate memory that he tried initially to just let Pelosi and Reed write the thing and do all that stuff. And, even, and then he felt like it was his job to sell it. Yeah. Okay. No, is that I don't basically think, I don't, okay? I, I, I don't, but, I don't think uh, but, you're misrepresenting that. But he took that job of selling it way beyond just you should vote for this to really knowing the nitty gritty uh, of these of these of this bill. Um, and the well, but I mean, how s- is that different than what Trump has done? I mean, they hit on Obama for that. Even we hit on Obama for that. But that's that's what Trump has effectively done. He basically went to the two houses of Congress and said, "Y'all got this done. I'll sell it." Well, but and I'm I'm not applauding Trump for it. <laughs> no, I'm not either. Are you, are but I mean, confusing that's, me here. Like, no, I'm not applauding. No, I'm not. I'm just Trump saying did that a that's, good job. <laughs> that, no, I'm I'm just saying that that's. I, I think a lot of conservative media hits Obama for that. He, okay. He, you know, well, and, and, and I mean, it's not any different than what Trump did. And I've maybe tried to hit Obama on the idea. That, you know, the Democrats just rammed something through, but they, you know, it sounds like really, you know, going back and really paying more attention to the nitty gritty of things, you know, there was a lot of talking and a lot of meetings and a lot of uh, explaining and all this sorts of stuff. And really seeing the exact opposite from the Republicans, you know, to to the extent of, you know, this secret uh, putting this bill together in secret by the, by the Senate. Um, So it, it, it's disappointing uh, to see from a from a Republican standpoint, you know, was we we do try to at least talk like where we have these these ideas and these policies in this better way. Uh, but when we kind of had our chance to shine, I'm not I'm not really seeing it uh, at least so far. And it looks to me like the Senate bill is pretty much dead, right? Like this is this is failed. Uh, maybe maybe it's gonna get reinvigorated, but now now there's Cruz trying to add his stuff on, um, which basically sounds like he's he's trying to make it to where like you, as long as a, an insurance company offers at least one plan that has all of the 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 prereqs, uh, you know, for like it has to cover maternity, it has to cover preexisting, it has to cover this, has to cover that. As long as they have one plan that does that they can sell other plans that don't have any of those things. Right. Um, and it sounds like the vast majority of Republicans are just dead set against that. So it's, it doesn't look like there's any compromise bills coming up. Uh, and I, and I certainly haven't seen, I know Trump talked at one point about going to the Democrats, uh, but I haven't seen that. And, you know, maybe that's happening behind closed doors and I just haven't heard about it. Yeah, um, please. But I'm not, yeah, I'm not seeing any of those things. Uh, and it was a little bit of a sad reminder of, of what we missed out on with, I guess there was some Twitter thing against Hillary with, uh, you know, oh, that what, what's your idea? One, like, seriously? Like, who thought that was a good idea? Why do, what? 
But then she did hit back with, well, actually, my plan was, you know, and like went through and laid it all out for him. Um, and hers was, you know, and it was, you know, her trying to do what she had talked about of not getting, not scrapping the ACA, but of just trying to address some of these specific issues uh, that have arisen from it. Um, you know, and the primary one being how do we, the very real problem of how do we get the cost of premiums down for the average middle class payer, yeah. right? Uh, because that's that's the enormous issue, and and how do we do that without effing over the poor? Um, and that's that's not something I've seen yet from the Republican side. Uh, we we've seen, you know, with the, with the the push on getting rid of this tax and that tax, uh, I'm not seeing how we're paying for all of this stuff. You know, it, it sort of feels a little bit like we're we're doing what we always accuse Democrats of, of like, okay, we're we're going to give you this, 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 and this, and it's all free. <laughs> you know, um, and Obama was real clear in his stuff when he when he when he talked when he went before the GOP of saying, look, you know, there there's there has to be a certain amount of realism here that if we're going to try to insure thirty million people, we're going to have to pay for it somehow. Yeah, I there's just this listless like that that entire I don't know if you saw that entire thing that went through that was from the RNC right so the at GOP account on Twitter Lord knows I don't want to spend a lot of time focusing on Twitter but this is indicative to me of the whole problem so it was this entire series of tweets that started off with this one from at GOP our healthcare system is collapsing but Democrats refuse to bring anything to the table where's their plan. Where's your plan at Hillary Clinton? And then another, another tweet. Where's your plan at Bill Clinton? Where's your plan, Joe Manchin? Where's your plan, Senator Warren? Over and over and over and over again. Where the fuck's your plan? You're the party that's in power. You won. Why are you trolling? Why are you trolling Bill Clinton? He's too busy trolling for Bodie. Yeah, leave the dude alone. Damn, he ain't been in office in like twenty years. Like, what is? What, and neither is Hillary. Doesn't What are you leaving Hillary? You beat her, Hillary. You lost. You know what? Where Hillary's plan is? That's right. You know, Hillary. Hillary was awesome. She's like, I got your plan right here, bitch. And I, I mean, I, I. What's the point of this? I mean, it's just this constant. Oh, we've got to find a way to dump this on the Democrats. Dump it on the damn Democrats. I mean, the thing that pissed me off about the article was that that there was something even in my own head that had bought into this idea that Democrats, that Obama didn't take responsibility for the plan, that he uh, and Pelosi and Reid rammed through the ACA wicked quick. That was in 2010. In March of 2010, it was well over a year, almost 15 months after the man was inaugurated that they put that in place. They did a, a year and and a, a year and a few months worth of research before it was signed and put in place. Republicans are out sneaking around hiding behind closed doors, putting together secret bills and trying to ram something through that they can't even figure out how to ram it through correctly. I I mean it's this is just stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah, right? I mean I mean if we want to see because what we have to do is there has to be bipartisan buy-in on any bill of this size. And that's, you know, and that, and that's part of where the ACA fell through, right? Was that they, whether it was out of Republican stubbornness or be out of, you know, Democrats not being willing to give 
on some of the things that Republicans wanted. There wasn't a lot of uh, bipartisan buy-in uh, on on the on the bill. Uh, and right now, all we're doing is setting ourselves up for a replay of what's going on now, only with, with the reverse. Right? If we don't get Democrats on board, and that's going to mean taking some of their ideas and saying, "Okay, we'll we'll do that." You know, okay, we'll keep we'll keep this tax so that we can maintain. The Medicaid expansion, or we'll keep uh, this tax so that we can maintain uh, the pre-existing conditions the way that they are, um, you know, or we're going to raise this tax so that we can force premium, keep premiums at a certain level, you know, like that's, there, there's going to have to be some amount of willingness to do this, Uh and I, I'm not seeing that, right? We didn't see. It's not like you know when when McConnell gathered this group in secret. It's not like it was half Republicans and half Democrats, right? This was all. This was all Republicans. Uh, my yeah, understanding it was all white male Republicans. Well, on, yeah. on top of that, I mean, you know, it was so, like the white dude party at the White House after they passed. Yeah. The bill. So this really just doesn't seem like the the best way to the best way to go about this. Um, so no, it's not. I, I, I don't know. I mean, and well, I mean, you remember, you know, I mean, and I know I, I, I don't remember where you came down on this, but there was still that, that point from Ryan saying, you know, I don't want to get Democrats involved. Now his reasoning for saying that may have been that he felt like it wasn't necessary and that he could get what he wanted through, without democratic support and he didn't want to have to do that. But to me, it was just a larger indication of the problem that as, as the, that there is some idea that every time you are the controlling party, you're not just the party who's in power. If you're in power, you immediately have a quote unquote mandate and you're allowed to do whatever you want. And if you're not allowed to do whatever you want, then that must mean that you have an obstructionist party behind you or something. And this to me is like somebody who bitches for eight years and says, I, I can do this job better than you. And then once they get the job, they go, well, I can't do this job because of you, which is just kind of sad when it all comes down to it. So did, did you read the, the voter, the voter fraud thing? Did you actually read the letter the, that was sent out by this Kobach, some John, Joe Kobach, what's his name? Yo, unfortunately, Kobach? no, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to actually read the letter. So, uh, so failure on my it, part. I take it. You did. But it's interesting. Well, I've got it. And, and okay, so here's where this gets interesting. And, was, okay, so they sent out this thing asking, what's what's the dude's name? Pence is involved somehow. And, uh, you know, they're 44 out of 50 states where it's uh, Chris Kobach for the Kansas Secretary of State, you know, well-qualified guy, uh, is, is running this thing with Mike Pence uh, on election integrity. And they sent out a letter asking for uh, – registration information from all 50 states and 44 out of the 50 states, which is a lot if refused to send at least some part of the information that they requested. Uh, and of course, Trump, what are they trying to hide? Well, you know, they're, yeah, obviously they're trying to depose you fearless leader. That's really what they're doing. Right. But so in the letter, they're asking if publicly available under the laws of your state, the first, first and last names of all registrants, middle names or initials, if available, 
Addresses, dates of birth, political party, if recorded in your state, last four digits of the social security number, if available, voter history from 2006 onward, active, inactive status, canceled status, information regarding any felony convictions, regarding voter registration in another state, regarding military status and overseas citizen information. Wait, now, but but what, was there a preface in there at the beginning of if publicly if available? If publicly available, yes. Well, then that seems pretty straightforward, right? So what's the big fuss? And so, therefore, it's not like 44 states refused. It's that they said they will only do what the letter said. Because the vast majority of those 44 states said they would only give them information that was publicly available. Well, that's all the letter asked for is whatever information is publicly available. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's true. But I also think that and, and I and. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you because I, I, I do wonder that if publicly available part of it uh, makes me curious, you know, but isn't there some part of you that feels like this is a, a little bit icky trying to collect this much information, that much information, even if it is publicly available all into one spot? Well, it's all very to have a, if there was a database, centralized database like this that had all of that name, address, political party, last four years social elections voted in. And again, that's one that's one distinction that the media hasn't necessarily made is that when they said voter history, they don't mean who you voted for. Because a lot of the places that have been saying that have been that I've been reading that in have been phrasing that as though particularly some of the liberal sites have been phrasing it as though <clears throat> they asked to know who you voted for, implying that what the you know the Trump campaign was going to do was send out the Gestapo to kick your butt for voting for Hillary. No, they're not asking for that. They're asking for whether or not you voted. Just participation records. That's all. Mm-hmm. Which is relatively innocuous. I'm not necessarily worried about the death squads coming to my house to kick my butt for voting for Hillary. But... It does, you know, in this day and age with the, with all the hacking and do I really necessarily trust the government security situation? You know, like you know, this, I mean, these are the people that just recently discovered color printing for the white house, uh, to put all this into one spot. That makes me a little twitchy. Well, honestly, what it sounds like is a whole lot of hypocrisy from both sides. So. A major issue that a lot of Republicans have with the ACA uh, was the collection of medical records in one place. That's something I've heard over and over again. Right. Uh, gun control. A major issue that Republicans have is the idea of the federal government collecting all this information into one place. Uh, they don't want the federal government's hands on it. And Democrats are always like, oh, this isn't a big deal. Why does everyone get so upset about it? Well, now the Republicans want to collect all this information as a federal government into one place. So that's not very Republican-y of us. Doesn't seem like anyway. Uh, so it's a little hypocritical. But then it also seems a little hypocritical for suddenly Democrats to be so up in arms about the idea of all this information being collected in one place. Well, you want that all the time for other stuff. 
why are you suddenly upset well, about this? I, I don't know that that's necessarily the case, at least when it comes to... Uh, okay, so the only pushback that I would have on, on that point would be there are... The, the medical database thing, I believe, was something that would have been contracted out, similarly to the uh, rollout of the brilliant healthcare.gov website. Uh, that was not actually created by the government. No, it, it, no, no. And, it was this, the CDC wanted to collect, wanted to require people the to CDC send. Was gonna, was going to CDC was going to run the centralized medical database? That they, was going to be run entirely by the CDC? No, the CDC, really? well, there, there's two different things, right? So one, there's, there's this idea of an, a, one massive electronic database, right? So you've got the issue right now where you've got all these different electronic databases, for different hospitals that don't communicate with each other because they're run by different companies, right? It's like this one's got Microsoft, this one's got Apple, and they won't talk, right? The little computer thingies. Um, It's not quite that simple, but that's a fair enough analogy, yeah. Thank you. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So... Talking to an IT guy who deals in government databases. Right. Sorry, dude. So, all right. So, you know, you've got, <laughs> so you've got that where you're right. Okay. You're probably right that this, they would have chosen a company to go with. Right. And so then all this information would have collected in one place, which still in general is icky to Republicans yeah, and to a yeah. lot of people in general. Right. A lot of people are annoyed and concerned about the amount of information that Google has and the amount of information that Facebook has. So, um, but then also there was the aspect of the CDC as part of the ACA wants to be able to collect, um, data, medical records, right. For the purposes of, uh, finding out disease stuff, right. So they want to be able to see if, you know, there's a measles outbreak in this area and what the reasons for that might be you know did everyone have their vaccines are there higher proportions of women versus men in this area that's leading to the zeke virus? you know that sorts of stuff uh and that made a lot of republicans people in general nervous uh because supposedly well personal information would be taken out but again i don't really trust the government to make sure that that's the case so I don't really see how how this is different. Now, if they had been requesting information that wasn't publicly available, then I can see where maybe you would be upset. But they're asking for all the information that is publicly available so that they can spread it all out and look at it and see if there is any concerns in regards to um, voter fraud. Well, but... I, I think the other the, lar- the the other question though is to what end? You know what's what what is their end game with this? So they take all this information and they find this out. It doesn't actually this this group Mike Pence and the Kansas City Secretary the Kansas Secretary of State are not actually empowered to do anything. Right, they're they're they'll gathering issue, they'll, information. They'll issue, they'll issue a report. Right, and it won't. All it will do is, uh, you know, and because is anybody fact checking what they're doing? Who's on this commission? Why are who's pulling this together? Is this going to be Mike Pence and Chris Kobach sitting in a room going, "I think he's dead," and he voted? And well, I think as that of right now, dead, there's four Democrats 
on their you know, commission. It, it well, I mean, even if they're Democrats or not, it doesn't. My point is to what to what what's what is the point of this? To see if there's an issue, and if there there is an issue, then we can all sit down and try to figure out what the solution is, right? So, how do we prevent? All right, real life scenario, right? I could have theoretically in 2012, I think it would have been. Yeah, I I could have voted uh, in Kentucky and in North Carolina because I'd moved to North Carolina, but I had never bothered to shut down my registration in Kentucky. So I could have voted in North Carolina, and then if I cared that much, I could have hopped in my car and driven down the road. Uh, or even better, since there's no voter ID law, I just could have called up a buddy of mine and said, hey, will you go pretend to be me and go to my precinct and vote? Thanks. Yeah. Again, all things that you could have done. Right. One, they're not, it, it's not, to me, it's not necessarily, this information isn't, wouldn't have necessarily helped them determine that. Yes, it would. I mean, that's exactly no, the information that they're wanting to and see. And look, there have been, and if there was any evidence... Other than Tucker Carlson and Fox News and Bill O'Reilly getting all uppity about this kind of thing, if there had ever, because there have been numerous studies done on this, and widespread voter fraud throughout the United States is a myth. It is a conservative media myth. Numerous bipartisan studies have been done on this from in the education field, in nonpartisan groups, no Democratic groups, hell, even Republican groups, n- no one. They have not read one single study that points to widespread voter fraud in any of the 50 states anywhere in the United States. Well, Not one. I've never read one. Given uh, the sudden issues with Russia attempting to get involved in our political process, seems reasonable to at least doesn't seem completely unreasonable. Well, but I thought to, maybe that could have been Russia, effort. but it's not really Russia. It could have been, but I don't think it really was. No, really I, was. I'm sorry. Like, I, I think, I think that it's because, because we have is, a president. Don't tell me that because this I, is coming I think from a president who won't admit that Russia had anything to do. This with is it. because th- th- this is because it's Republicans doing it. And that's why everyone's in a huff. No, I, this is because I, Fox I, and uh, this I'm in a huff because no. Fox and friends said it. And that's when the president. And then on top of that, none. Of, and like you said, it's also very misleading reporting. I've read multiple articles about this and not one has highlighted what you just highlighted that in the letter, it says if publicly available. So all the federal government's wanting to do is collect publicly available information in one place so they can analyze it. That's it. This isn't even a thing. This is this is nothing. This is hey, send us some information. We're curious about this. We want to explore it. Okay. Why is this an issue? Because it is Republicans and we don't trust their motives. That's it, right? You don't trust their motives. I don't trust this administration's motives. No. Okay. Well, I mean, I that's, don't. No, I don't trust right. this administration's. No, no, well, no, let's, I mean, motives. let's at least call it. And, and I don't. That's what it and is. I, it, it's no. That's not exclusively it. It's also because this does not appear to be something that is a large, widespread problem throughout the United States. Look, and I think that there are other large, widespread problems that they refuse to acknowledge. 
that they won't study and they won't pay any attention to, but this thing that there is really no definitive proof of and that there's never been any widespread, again, voter fraud. I'm not talking about dicking around in the media. I'm not talking about well-timed leak releases. I'm not talking about trying to dig up dirt on politicians and release that into the, like the Russians were doing. I'm talking about actual in-person voter fraud is extraordinarily rare. And, and that has been a consensus for a long time. Well, for a lot of Americans, it is no longer the consensus. And I understand that most of the studies, or all of the studies even, I haven't had time to go through all of them, so I can't speak definitively. But I understand that the vast majority of studies have shown that voter fraud is not an enormous issue in the United States. But there is a large portion of the population who is concerned about it. So let's Strictly put everyone's Rupert Murdoch is concerned. Let's put everyone's mind at ease. Take a look at it, which doesn't seem unreasonable considering all the hubbub about this year's election and Russia and crap. Let's open it up. Let's take a look. And there you go. Situate case closed. Well, I I I mean okay. I I mean I can't I think it's a waste of time. It's not the fact that they're trying to collect public public information that really concerns me all that much. And it, and it, you know, I, I've been wondering that from the start once I read, especially once I read the letter, what bothers me is that I think they're, I think it's a waste of time. I'm sorry. I do. You know, there you go. My favorite part about 4th of July was NPR trying quoting out line for line on Twitter, the declaration of independence and people on Twitter flipping out and accusing them of trying to start the revolution because they're with the, because they're with the liberal media. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Twitter people on Twitter. I'm sure you guys are great, but for God's sake, pick up a book once in a while. I mean, (laughs) oh well, and also the fact they do this every 4th of July. This was just the first time. This was the first time they put it on Twitter. Um, but they always do readings of this and it does sort of, sort of demonstrate it. It reminds me of the whole Julius Caesar thing. You know, uh, everyone was up in arms that they had, you know, it, it was, it was Trump. Look what they're doing to Trump. And it, well, actually it's pretty common to have the, the president of the day or a popular pop, pop politician, um, be portrayed as Julius Caesar. Um, even they even yeah. did this with Obama. So, it's one of those things, just because everyone's so hostile right now, everyone's so up in arms, everyone's doubting everyone else's motives, assuming the worst out of everyone, regardless of your 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 political bias. Um, oh, look, they must be doing something evil. No, they're just they're just reciting <laughs> the Declaration of Independence as they do every year. On, Which kind of you know, did start a revolution? Our Independence Day, so. Makes oh, sense. <laughs> so it would have been okay if they'd had Bill Pullman reading it. <laughs> yeah, Bill Pullman would have been doing it. It would have been fun. Oh my goodness. And besides, everybody knows Bernie's gonna start the revolution, not NPR. Come on. Yeah. Give me a break. All right. So uh North Korea's making trouble again. Um, not surprisingly. Uh right seems like a little more serious trouble. Uh, I guess now they have a, a bit... missile that can reach Alaska. That's a big well, deal. That, that well, they 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 theoretically it could get that far, uh, but got as far as it got as far as J- Japanese waters, 
effectively. Which we and, got a treaty with them, so yeah. So which I mean, I respect. I'm not. This is not saying that that's it's it's like it's a big deal. It's a very big deal, and uh, so you know the theory being that the next step would be able to reach the Japanese mainland. So, uh, you know, Nikki Haley addressed the UN, said that she saw this as an, as an escalation and that as, as a very clear escalation, military responses are on the table. Russia and China are spitballing stuff together. Cause they're, you know, they're buddies. Uh, well, that's nice. And, and, uh, they're, they suggested a stand down of operations between the South, between the South Koreans and the U S to fix the problem. And of course we said, fuck you and did the operations anyway. Uh, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why? I, so where the issue? I, I don't know. China. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. How is this uh, our fault? Yeah. I don't really uh, see well, how this because, one's our bad. Well, because China, I think is probably pushing back a little bit on, on what is the widely accepted and, and I think potentially correct. Uh, deal, which is that they uh, that they uh, have some amount of control over North Korea, and that they could push put pressure on him, but they're not willing to do it. So they're trying to deflect it and say, "Well, no, you know what? The U.S. probably really should be doing stuff." Hey, man, so, shut shut them down, and we'll shut down. You know, I mean, it seems pretty pretty straightforward. I think in the end, China just doesn't have the amount of control that they wish they did. Um. Well, I think he's crazy, and I, I think he's pretty. Cl- it's it's pretty clear at this point that yeah. you know this kid is is gonna. This kid's whack. This kid's this kid's out there, and he's probably willing to. And I think the th- the thing about it is though, and I'm just digging. I'm not not saying I like Trump's approach, but and and what and what and 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 again another one of these things that that is this constant to me, this insistence that nothing will ever be this administration's fault in that they are constantly finding ways to push back on policies in the past uh, because, well, if they can blame the previous administrations, then that nothing will be their fault. Haley did say that the inadequate policies of the past will, 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 not, uh, will, will not continue with this president. Uh, cute. But in this one case, it's difficult to deny the point that what's been done with North Korea has relative been relatively unchanged for the last 15, 20 years. And whatever worked with Kim Jong-il isn't working with Kim whatever the new one his name is. Jong-un. Kim Jong-un. Right? Is that Kim Jong-un? Yeah, there we go. Uh, um, Kim yeah, Jong-il's right. the old one. Kim Jong-un's the new one. Yeah, ill. Um, so okay, so it, it didn't work when we were illin', but when we're unin', and, or it worked with ill, but not with un. Yeah, I well, and, and it didn't really work with ill, let's be honest. I mean, they, he, they've been because working on... this has been on, a steady progression for the last 15 right. years. It's been a steady progression for the last 20 years, for the last 25 years. You know I mean? This yeah. situation has gotten continually and continually worse and it's hard to point at any certain thing they did and say well that's what that that's where it was the wrong move you know um because what are you going to do i mean they've got massive sanctions on the guy they've 
um, you know, beyond going in militarily um, and violating a sovereign state that has a very powerful ally of China, I don't really see what a lot of the options are. So I'm fascinated to see what the new policies will be. Right. I'm not going to argue or point that, you know, the inadequate policy. Okay, yeah, you're absolutely right. The policies of the past have proved to be inadequate. What's the new policy? Yeah. What do you got? I mean, apart from from launching, which we're not going to launch a nuclear attack. Now, I could I suppose I could see us bombing there because that is one thing that I, you know, we don't we don't uh, hesitate. If we know that there are bomb sites or airstrips or God knows what going on in any given Middle Eastern country, I don't care if it's Syria, if it's Iraq, if it's Afghanistan, we're bombing the shit out of Well, not in Iran. Well, not in Iran. You're right about that. We try uh, to do it. Depends on, it, it depends on if they got allies, you know? That's yeah. really what it comes down to. If there's someone behind them with a big stick, then we're, then we, we, we breathe a little bit. And, um, you know, Iran has had Russia, and um, North Korea's got China. That's a that's a really big stick. That's a really big red. That's a really big red stick. You know, uh, so uh-huh. our hesitation in the past has been understandable and maybe even prudent. And at this point, it's getting pushed to the point to where maybe we can't do that. Now, in general, though, I. I don't really trust Trump's decision making and this sort of sorts of stuff, except in as much as that he seems to really be deferring to the people he's put in charge. Uh, and I generally trust the military people that he's put in charge. I trust Mattis. I trust McMaster's. I, I trust all all of these people seem to be the cream of the crop. So. Whatever step they feel is the next best step, I'm going to kind of trust that that is indeed the next best step. Um, And what Trump, I would think what Trump and the Secretary of State Tillerson need to be doing is doing everything they can to build a closer relationship with China, um, bringing them more and more and more into the fold with us. So that if we do have to do something like bomb North Korea, uh, that it won't flood over into all this other mess. Yeah, yeah. I now know, why which, can't which... we just kill him? I know. So Trump said that at one time, and people were like, "Oh, it's so stupid." And I think we talked about this even. I I don't think it's stupid. Why can't we do that? Like I get like in the Middle East when it's you know the next in line is just even crazier. Okay, sure, but. I don't think the next in line is crazier when it comes to North Korea. Uh, so why can't this dude just have a an accident? What? Well, and 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 the thing about it is, is that I, I think in part in some of these Middle Eastern countries because we didn't know for a fact what they had when it came to bombs, right? And there was this concern, as I think, with regard to you worry about a power vacuum. You know what happens. If you depose somebody in, say, Syria or in Iran or, I don't know, in Iraq, uh, 
do you wind <laughs> up with just pulling that off the top of my head uh do you wind up with somebody like isis in charge do you wind up with someone like al-qaeda in charge do you wind up with uh with the taliban you know and would those people be willing to strike israel so and again you talk about you worry about allies you know israel's an ally and but in this case we know what this guy's got. We've been watching. They haven't successfully. They've been screwing up missile launches left and right publicly for decades at this point. So they couldn't get anywhere. They still actually technically can't get anywhere. I mean, they can get to the water around Japan, but they haven't actually gotten to Japan yet. So, uh, again, what the? I mean, are we worried about a vacuum? Because, I mean, he does have a lot of crazy around him. I mean, that's a pretty well-documented fact. The military in North Korea is nuts. And just as nuts as he is. In fact, there's some, in some circles, they say that one of the reasons this family becomes nuts is because they're afraid of what the military will do to them if they're not nuts. Wow, really? I don't know so, that. So, uh, why doesn't China just... Why doesn't China take him out? But yeah, like why doesn't China? That's what I'm saying. I mean, China. This, this guy seems you know? to worry China a lot. So why we, do we put up? Why is everybody putting up with this dude? We've been nation building and, and putting in puppet dictators for decades. We should go over and give him a class. You know what? Yeah, We're I mean, since guys over, we want you to pay if attention. You okay, play with the big boys. You've got to be ready to install some dictators. <laughs> you know, so if you're going to be the next superpower, you want to be on par with us. All this economic crap is cute. But let's see you install a dictator. Come on. If you want to seat at the high rollers table, yeah. this is how it goes. Now, I mean, I get that they they like having a buffer state, right? Like they don't want their border, their actual border to be right up against South Korea. Like I get that. So yeah. I understand why they don't just take over the country, but you know, put in your puppet. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm with you. I'm interested to see what this new, and and but that's what concerns me. But then at the same time, you know, I I essentially we're not gonna have time to talk about this, all of it in detail. But uh, you know, there is this this idea that Trump is is in, and I've read this in a number of places that he's he's passing power back. To the military, yeah, for tactical operations and to the CIA for covert ops and and drone strikes and things of that nature, and uh, which I think is security. a good thing, right? I think this is a wise, this See, is a wise general, course of action. In general, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, and it, and if it were anybody else, it wouldn't bother me at all. Frankly, I would be going, yeah, that's probably a good thing. In Trump's case. Part of the reason I think he's doing it, because I think he's a weasel, is because he's trying to make it so that he can't take any blame for anything. But that well, he can he can pass the buck appropriately because that's what he does. Well, we weasel um, all you want. Really, because it's Trump, I'm a thousand times happier that he is handing control back to the military. Uh, now, I think it's... Preach. Uh, okay, I, preach. I, I, I think Absolutely. it's a credit to Obama that... He's handed control over, and really, the military strategy overall hasn't really changed that much, you know? Uh, yeah, like the, the ISIS thing. Yeah, yeah, the ISIS thing, like that, you know, 
well, that was that was kind of the right way to be doing it. We just needed a little bit, you know, nice. I needed time. Nice to be able for them to be able to make a little bit more, you know, decisions on the ground as needs be, rather than to have to phone in, you know, for every every strike. Uh, so yeah, I. I I, I I don't know what happens. I know Mattis, you know, scared the hell out of everybody with his, you know, this is what a war with North Korea would look like. And everyone's like, holy shit, well, we don't want that. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know what the solution is. My All I got yeah, China, take them out. That's all I, that's my advice. <laughs> yeah. China, what do you need? What do we need to give you We're to get you, you to handle a- that dude? We're going to send you guys a copy of all the Shaw's men. Just read that and yeah. tell you how we did things in Iran back in the 50s. Be, because the real scary thing would be if it, South Korea, understandably, right? Understandably, South Korea getting a little nervous, right? I mean, Oh, yeah, because if they can reach China, then damn right. Or if they can reach Chinese waters, then they can reach Seoul. They, no have, they can do this. So I, I guess that would be the real fear would be if South Korea just said, well, F this and took out the bases themselves and then what happens <laughs> right like yeah. so you know that that's sort of the last thing we want because then we're stuck you know we've got a treaty with them china's got a treaty with north korea and we have the korea war again um and probably not one that's maintained just within korea the the, the real hope would just be that you know, China's doing well economically. They they don't need a war, right? No one wants no one wants a war to break out, with the exception of maybe Russia. You know, Russia is the only country who's really got something to gain by some sort of conflict because they're kind of crum a little crumbly right now. Um, yeah. So if they can see us diminished even further, if they can see China diminished, uh, you know, then yeah, Russia stands to you know, to gain from that, which is why you have to question Putin's role in all this, where he's suddenly popping up with the Chinese and making statements. And then, you know, there's the constant did they or didn't they here in the States, you know, which is where, again, I come back to that statement that I said earlier, that there's a difference between winning and ruling uh, as I busted out my nerd hat there for a minute. But I, I don't you know the the reason that I think the Russia thing and and the election is so stupid is that look Trump won the election <clears throat> even if even if the there were a few votes swayed by Russian meddling it it doesn't matter it doesn't delegitimize him at all what matters is that they tried that they actually felt like they had a shot at doing it and that should bother anybody this isn't about delegitimizing the sitting president. This is about the, and that's what Trump fails to see. I don't, I don't think because he's so clueless. I don't think he had any. I don't think there was any collusion. None of it because he's not that smart. But the reason he and Democrats run around and they're all talking like, oh, it's you know, look at how he doesn't deny it, and that's you know that's why he's trying to. No, there it's. The reason he's not doing it is because his dick is so small. He thinks that that's going to somehow make his victory less of a Trump, Trump, Trump victory. And that's not the case at all. What he should be doing is coming out. You know what? They, they tried to do this and we've got to stop it. And for whatever, for that reason alone, because he's so afraid of being delegitimized in any way, 
or that possibility that he would be, then he, he can't admit the possibility that they had anything to do with it. And they didn't have anything to do with this victory, but they did try to delegitimize our electoral process. And that should freak anybody out. And that's why they've got to keep looking into it. And we have got to have our government at every level saying loud and clear, hey, they gave this a shot. It didn't work, but they tried. And it's because they are so weak and so far down. And I think that that's it. And that that comes back to the North Korea thing because they they need to see one of us come down in order to come back up. And the North Korea thing could do that. It could. It, it, it definitely could. So um, now, I mean, all of this about the Russia elections and Russia, Russia meddling and are we responding correctly? You know, I mean, Trump's Twitter account aside, we, we are taking the proper steps. I mean, I'm, I'm appeased. As long as Robert Mueller is allowed to do his job, I, I'm appeased. I, I feel like our government is taking the proper steps to investigate what happened. And from there, we can find uh, the best solution to preventing it from happening again. Well, but but don't you think that kind of thing starts at the top? Look, of course it should, right? Like I'm not trying to. I, look, I'm just I've, I'm just giving up on our president. So I mean, that's so why I'm just setting him aside. So setting him aside, okay, our, well, our government <laughs> is done. You know, is doing what needs to be done. You know, the intelligence agencies have all been very clear. The FBI has been very clear. Um, the deputy attorney general did a fantastic job in stepping up and appointing uh, Robert Mueller. Uh, now it sounds like maybe he, the what is he Rothstein, Rothstein, something like this. Um, the deputy AG might even have to recuse himself as well uh, due to the the memo, the whatever it was that he wrote about Comey and the need to let him go. Um, Stupid Watergate. So yeah, so I mean. Uh, but I, I'm appeased and I, and I, I like everything that Mueller's doing. I guess now he's lawyered up. Like it sounds like it's we're we're going in. So good, good well, job. Okay. Federal that's, government. If, if, if you're going to, if, if you're going to look at it through that lens and, you know, cheat and set the president aside. Like well, that, well, well, I mean, then, yes, I'm appeased. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, we just have no, to, no, we, I'm, I'm, mess, if, I'm messing you know, with Yeah. You know, I mean, if the, if the show yeah. is going to be anything other than us ranting about Trump, you, you just kind of have to. So, yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're, no, you're I mean, you're absolutely right. That's yeah. that that at other levels of the government we're doing, uh, you know, the, I, th- I think that the job is being done. You're you're right about that. But I I just I'm the kind of guy that, I, again, I feel like leadership starts at the top and it it bothers me that this is the leadership that we have, that we have to have this sort of, you know, Oh, yeah, the president's off doing his thing. <laughs> Everybody else is actually trying to, you know, do stuff. But, yeah. you know. And, 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 and it should bother right. you, and you're absolutely right to be bothered. And I'm bothered by it as well. But I, there comes a point where I'm just kind of done talking about it. Um, no, that's fair. Totally fair. And, we, you know, we did good tonight for the most part. We didn't, we didn't go off on too many... We we did. There was one one dick insult which was beneath you, but I don't think it was beneath me. I think it was right on track. That's actually right on track. Never mind. That's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> you think too highly of me, sir. Oh, um, we <laughs> all right. We don't have, we don't have time to tackle our big our big topic tonight. But very quickly, I, I think we can talk about this this last thing. We can get through most of our agenda uh, because we're we're sort of past this being a major news cycle thing. But it's still there. Uh, there were some special elections a few weeks back that we didn't get a chance to talk about, and you know the the Georgia. House seat. None. None of these special elections really swung the the Democrats, but they were, you know, they were, they were close in some cases, closer than maybe they should have been. Uh, I I sort of felt like I, there was a lot of belly aching amongst Democrats. Of, oh, we didn't get this, and uh, you know, and and Republicans sort of rubbing it in, and Trump wanted to rub it in a little bit too, and uh, you know, uh, spike the ball, you know, over the winds, and everybody putting money in. I, I, there's a re- I, I, th- I felt like these special elections were very overblown because they were so close to the original election. They weren't like the Scott Brown election where uh, in 2010 where Obama had been in office for a year. You know, I mean, it, this, it, Trump had been in for like four or five months. They were in districts that really should have been Republican wins anyway. And they were closer than they shouldn't have been. So that really, I think, should make Republicans uncomfortable. But they were going to be tough to... They're going to be tough anyway with good candidates. And Democrats, again, put up crappy candidates. I mean, that dude in Georgia was a lost cause. He wasn't from the district. He was everything that's wrong with liberals right now. You're stuffy and you're you're sort of smarter than everybody else. And you're drinking your kale and and you just, you know, it's it's just you're not going to connect with anybody. I, so I I sort of thought all of that was overblown. What did you did you have any thoughts on any of it? Well, I mean, it would have been a big deal if the Democrat had won it. Um, yeah, but that would have really legitimately surprised so, me. Yes, it would have been a big deal. But that to me would have been yeah. shocking if that guy had won. Yeah. Now now it does speak to that. You know, th- this was he. You know, he may have been a nobody, and he may have been. Um, I didn't realize it wasn't even from the district originally, so that's, you know, annoying. Um, Carpetbagger sort of stuff. But It was, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he was in, like, he was he, he lived, like, five miles away and uh, was planning to move. So, I mean, this wasn't like he lived in Augusta and was running in Atlanta. Okay, well, that's, okay, well, that's not really that big a deal at all. Um, but, I mean, this was... The disturbing thing for me would that be that he was a more centrist kind of Democrat. So, you know, I, I, I well, yeah, he tried to paint himself that way. The 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 big thing that I don't want to see, right, is I don't want to see in response to Trump Trumpism a hard push to the left from the Democrats. Right, that's the last thing that I want to see, and I don't feel like that's what's needed you know what's needed is what you're talking about just a little bit of coming down from the pedestal right and getting into the nitty-gritty and we do see some of that you know um the Fayette County Democrats have a wonderful program it might be a national program but they do they're doing something called walk the talk which is they're they're training people to be listeners and rather than having people go out and stump you know and push democratic candidates they're in in the run up to the 2018 election. They're having people go out to listen, to just try to talk to people and try to understand what their needs are and what their concerns are. Um, and that's great 
that that's happening in Fayette County, which is certainly the most liberal county, I would argue, in all of Kentucky. Um, you think it's more liberal than Jefferson County? I would guess. I could be wrong, but I mean... For those of you outside the state, Fayette County is Lexington and Jefferson County is Louisville. Yeah, I, I would guess that it is, but I mean, they're probably obviously similar. Um, and what, all I can do is hope that that sort of tactic is being taken in Eastern Kentucky as well, right? Are they going out and trying to listen um, and understand where people are coming from? Uh, because the sorts of policies that Trump wants to put in place aren't really the sort of policies that are, that are going to help Eastern Kentucky. Uh, and we need to find some way to address the concerns of people in that state and in, in that part of the state, as well as other states in the country that are similar, you know, have sort of similar economic, uh, sociological uh, demographics uh, to listen to their concerns and help them to understand that what the Democrats are putting forth is good and can help them. Uh, and the Democrats need to do that without sliding to the hard left and just saying, well, we're never going to get them, so we're going to really try to rev up uh, the more our more progressive base in the bigger, bigger cities in California and New York and those sorts of places. Yeah, it, it doesn't, you know, one of the things that, that I didn't know about that group in Fayette County, which, which again, you're right, that's great, but they need to get them out of Fayette County and send them down to Harlan County. Mm -hmm. And they need to send them to Whitesburg and Pikeville and Pineville and, and Hyden and all those places and, and, and get them talking to those folks. Mm -hmm. Teach them to listen in Lexington, but send them southeast. When it yeah. comes down to it, it's a really good idea, but and it's you possible, know. you know, you got a guy like Senator Joe Manchin, who's, I mean, he's West Virginia, right? And he's a Democrat, mm -hmm. so I mean, this is this is pretty doable, well liked, pretty well liked. Yeah. But I mean, you can't throw up, you know, candidates who are, um, you know, anti, obviously anti-gun, uh, and then expect them to win. You can't throw up pro-choice candidate, you know, uber pro-choice candidates in areas like that, and then expect them to win. You know, if you want to be the big tent party, then you've got to be willing to accept people in who are pro-life and who are um, pro-gun, I think. Well, I don't even know that it, you necessarily need, even need to frame it as being pro-gun. That's That to me is the Maybe thing, just not anti-gun. Yeah, I think that may be part of it. You know, it's not because it's not, you know, I was reading a, a sort of another one of those State of the Union sort of things that Democrats were, you know, sitting down and, oh, you know, Bernie was the way and blah, 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 and why the guy in Georgia failed and talking about how, well, Democrats just haven't figured out the formula that they need to make this work. And I'm going, you know what? There is no formula. And that to me is what Republicans understand. And that Democrats just don't. They can't they get it's 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 the brain that's just kicking in a little too much. And and they don't they feel like if they can just, you know, they're they're mansplaining everything to explain to people why they're wrong. And if they can just make you understand why you're wrong, then you'll know why that why we're right. And. Those people in those areas don't respond to that. 
well, and if you look all- at the three, if you look at the three successful Democratic candidates since the Civil Rights Act, you've got Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, and Barack Obama. And those three guys understood that it's not always just about policy. Most of the time, it's more about people. Mm-hmm. And they got those states. Now, now, okay, Obama didn't necessarily win Kentucky the way that Clinton did. But he did win North Carolina. And he did turn Virginia. And those are still southern states. Now, they're a little more liberal than they used to be. But uh, he was able to turn those states. And he won because he went to the states that Hillary Clinton largely ignored. And he talked to people in Michigan. And he talked to people in Wisconsin. And he talked to people in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And he put in the effort and he put in the hours to go and talk and listen. Those people didn't just wake up and vote for Trump because they're all of a sudden oop, it's 2016 and we're racist now. Like a lot of the liberal media is trying to portray him. Those are places, those are, and those were in counties that voted for Obama twice that turned over to Trump. And it's not because they had this entitled, oh, Hillary ignored his thing. It's this, they couldn't understand they couldn't connect with her because you can't connect with Hillary. I love her to death, but the woman's not a, you can't connect with her. She's just not good at that kind of thing. And until Democrats understand that, you know what? And one of the reasons why Bernie was so successful is because you know what? He had that grouchy old guy act down cold and it worked. And until they understand that you can't just find somebody who checks off all the progressive boxes, chuck them in a major metropolitan area, and then expect them to be able to go into rural areas and win just because you're talking about workers' rights while you're trying to install solar panels on your roof, they're, they're not, they're not going to go for that. They're going to go for you as a person. So you have to be a person. These people have voted for Democrats before, and, it, and and they can and will again if we can find the right pe- mix of people to do it. And it's not a, it, it, to me, it's not about policies. It's more about personalities, and we've had shitty personalities the last you know several years, apart from a couple of very dynamic ones in Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's accurate. You need, you need people who are willing to go out and connect and not make people feel like they're stupid. Yeah, yeah, um, that's that's what's missing. So I don't know. There we go. So all right. Well, that's all we got time for. So I I have you anything else? No, I do not. Then I think you should take us out with something cool. Something cool. I just got to spend the last week uh, with thirteen teenagers and seven adults who were willing to take the time out of their lives to head out into Eastern Kentucky, uh, into Louisa, Kentucky, and spend some time getting to know the people there and spend some time doing home repair and helping the shut-ins. One lady, amazing lady that I got to spend time with, um, was a 93-year-old woman. I was living by herself. She's had three strokes and two heart attacks. Uh, and she's just going hard, trying to survive. Um, and it was really inspiring to see 
all those people being willing to take their time out to go help people that they had never met before, that they probably had very little in common with. And I thought that was very cool. That was cool. What was her name? Uh, the lady I got to know, her name was Sylvia. And she, yeah, she's 93, year old, 93 years old. Uh, and she had, you know, it's like 50 acres of land that at this point now is just all overgrown. She lives in a, in a trailer next to what used to be her nice house uh, that's now just completely overgrown and done because she doesn't have doesn't have any kids, doesn't have any family in the area, um, and she's just by herself trying to survive. That's a fantastic story. Well, we're, we're, we're thinking about you, Miss Sylvia, wherever you are. Um, that's, uh, that's an amazing thing that you guys do. I know, I know we have one of our, one of our firefighters uh, at the town I work for goes and, and does something similar. Uh, he's not Catholic. It's some sort of Protestant organization. Uh, in Appalachia, in the uh, Appalachian Mountains, uh, every year he's been doing something similar to that, and uh, they were actually in Union last year down around. Um, uh, sleep. They they stayed at. They slept at Union College, uh, and worked did work around Corbin and Barberville uh, last summer. It was a similar sort of thing, and and just those you know look those without organizations like those, and and with what you, without what you guys did, you know a lot of people would. Uh, be in a lot worse shape. So congratulations, man. That's a, uh, that's very cool. So, uh, that, uh, that is all we have. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at libcon. Matt, Tim is libcon. Tim, uh, take good care of yourselves and we'll talk to you next time.